0: for the second episode of the female edge podcast we are excited to be back and very excited to have a special guest for this episode and our first guest we we are very excited to have rita lang here and um rita kind of giving a little bit of background one on how we both know her and just her kind of about her and her career so um Rita and I actually played at University of Montana together we were in the same recruiting class um go Grizz go Grizz baby University of Montana (laughs) Um, (laughs) we became great friends from the start and um had a really amazing four years together there and um Rita is originally from Oregon which she'll go into more of this detail herself but a few high level um career highlights for you she you know grew up playing soccer an amazing soccer player she was um has multiple call-ups to the U-16 and U-19 Portuguese national team. So which she will go into, she is um, Portuguese and a dual citizen, which is very cool. Um, A three-time Big Sky Conference champion, um, two-time back-to-back all-conference honorable mention, and then has played professionally in the top division in Portugal and Ireland and the second division in Iceland, and then is in a transition and heading to a new team soon. So... Uh, a lot of accolades to her name and we're very excited to have her here um and kind of a cool story on how tony ended up getting to know rita (laughs) they grew up very uh close and never knew each other very Um, close and then tony if you want to take it from there, how you ended up meeting rita yeah it was
1: um in scotland actually when alexa and i were playing for the hibs there and alexa was like yeah i have a friend coming um she played at the University of Montana and I was like oh super fun like that's awesome and then I was like oh where is she from and she was like yeah Rita's from Oregon and I was like what <laughs> she's from Oregon and yeah you visited we just honestly just hit it off so so instantly
2: nice.
1: yeah it was so nice having you and so um yeah that's how we met and we've been friends since
0: so super cool very special obviously soccer which I know we can all attest to, you know, brings you so much more than just, you know, wins and losses, championships, but like yeah. friendships that truly do last. So beyond the time and
1: plane. And it's it, funny it, because I would so. have probably never met you, Rita. Like again, like with Alexa, I would have never met Alexa, but even you being from Oregon, I would have never met you. If yeah. <laughs> you in Scotland, yeah. You know? So It's, crazy. Yeah, it it's is. crazy.
0: But anyway, so that is a little intro on our special guest, first ever guest and Rita, we will let you take it from here of just, you know, give us a little bit more background on your story, you know, growing up into your career and just tell the listeners a bit more about you.
2: Yeah. So first I just
0: want to say thank you guys for having me. I'm
2: honored to be the first guest. <laughs> honored um,
0: <to> have you. <laughs> thank you. Um,
2: so I was actually born in Lisbon, Portugal. My mom is full Portuguese, born and raised. So that is where I also come from. Um, And then we moved to the States in uh, the early 2000s. So I basically spent my whole life growing up here um, in Oregon. And right as I got here, kind of like immediately started playing soccer. So I've been playing for as long as I can truly remember. Um, I grew up in the Portland area, like Tony kind of said, um, here in Oregon, Sherwood to be specific. I went to Sherwood High School. I played all four years as a starter on varsity um, with my family. My family, I have, my parents are here, and then I also have four, three other siblings, so there's four of us total. Um, yeah, it's just, we're one big happy family. We're actually currently still living together, so that just goes to show how much we like being around each other.
0: I love that. That's awesome. And I'm just going to yeah. quickly interject, her mom is the best cook I've ever Oh uh, it, yeah. She is like up there for some of the best food I've ever had. I whenever we played Portland State, we'd go there for pregame meals. Mm-hmm. Core memory. Really, yep. she just went all out. Unrelated <laughs> stuff. No, but had to had to give Mama Ling a shout out for that. Yeah, so I'm sure she's gonna love
1: that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, so.
2: I also ended up, after playing uh, in high school and club, I went on to play at University of Montana, like Alexa said, all four Mm -hmm. years. Um, Truly such an amazing time. I loved every second of it. Um, And yeah, in between my high school time, actually, I also went back and forth between the US and Portugal as well to like play with the national team when I got call-ups and stuff. So I was a busy girl in high school.
1: Just being a um, world traveler, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah a, started at a, a young age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that''s uh, about it. So how was that like just going back to Portugal and kind of being in that culture and that environment? How was that for you? Like was it like, I know obviously your mom's Portuguese, so you're familiar with the culture, obviously, but when you kind of were playing with those girls, how did that playing style, you know, how was that different?
2: Well, yeah. So it's actually really different. So it was a little bit challenging to jump from one style to another because yeah. you, you had to learn how to adjust and how to, you know, alter your not alter your style of play, but almost like try to almost fit with different styles mm-hmm. um without changing like your identity of like who who you are as Absolutely. a soccer player. Because that makes you unique and everyone has something different to offer. But I think going from the States where it's very, you know, there are athletes here, like everyone is fit, strong, fast, like, you know, like that's, that's how it is. And so the style of soccer kind of fits that mold of like how the athletes are. Whereas like you go to Portugal, my other country, and Mm -hmm. it's a lot more like technical based and a lot more like, okay, let's work on the little skills and the little like, Mm -hmm tiki-taka kind of thing um yeah. it's I a think, little more
1: cheeky and yeah things like that so it's, it's, you're it's a different you're a centerman and so I yeah. think too that's a big transition right because in America you're probably playing more through balls but in Portugal and Europe you're probably playing more a feet so it's definitely yeah. a transition yeah
2: yeah it's so it's so different so for me it was it was really cool being able to like I think it helped me learn a lot of being a smarter player because it it kind of forced me to be like okay who am I playing the ball to where am I I had to be more aware of my surroundings more aware of the players that were around me what they mm-hmm. wanted specifically and so it really like helped me evolve in like thinking more critically about my style and how I wanted to play um, and how I wanted people to play with me um, so it was it was cool it was definitely it definitely helped shape who I am today, which I'm really grateful for.
0: Very cool. Kind of going off of that, you know, what would you say was the biggest, you know, factor that helped you kind of adjust to that style while also keeping your individuality as a player? And then sort of with that, what, what would be, I guess your biggest piece of advice for, you know, girls, whether that is, you know, transitioning to a professional team or for a lot of our, Clients and girls we work with, you know, going from that high school level to a college environment, you know, obviously America that's, you know, increased physicality, but also increased technicality. And also every team has a different style and especially, you know, naturally going to be a different style going from high school to college. So sort of along those lines, like what, what helped you and then what would be kind of your biggest piece of advice for those types of transitions from team to team?
2: Yeah, I, so I, it was hard for me because I think I struggled a bit sometimes with that and I lost a lot of like my confidence along the way, like in those transitions and stuff. And, um, I just remember like playing with the Portuguese national teams, like I wasn't the most confident in what I knew I had to offer and, I would come here and play in the States and I was I was, you know, pretty confident. I was like, I, I know what I'm doing. I am comfortable. And then I would go to these other, you know, I'd go to a national team where, you know, everyone's good and everyone is called up for a reason, but I couldn't find that reason for me. Like I struggled a lot with my confidence. And I started to like let my self-doubt really take over. Um, and it started to kind of bleed into you know, other aspects. And then I started questioning myself in the U S and then, so it it was really hard. And then as I kept going up and like moving up and, you know, I was getting ready to go to college and stuff. And I was committed to a D one school. And I still was like, uh, do I belong? Like, do I deserve this? Do I belong? Like just really, really second guessing everything that I was doing. Yeah. And that was not the easiest thing to deal with but I think I started to open my mind a little bit more um, when I was super uncomfortable and when I was doubting myself a lot and I I really wanted the help I really wanted the people around me to help lift me up and, and ultimately I think I was the one that got myself out of it But I do think the people around me were a big contributing factor, because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have been able to look introspectively and be able to make it to these next steps and make it to college and thrive and do well and like keep continuing making these accomplishments that, you know, I did deserve. I just didn't think I did at the time. So that was um, that was pretty difficult. But. I definitely am proud of where I am now, and I think I just kept pushing, and it got me to
1: here, so. I think you bring up kind of a great point, like, kind of being vulnerable and, like, saying, like, hey, like, I'm struggling, and, like, I need help. It, it definitely got to a point where I was, like,
2: "It," I wanted to stop. Like, I was, like, I don't think I'm good enough. I keep getting all these things, you know, I keep earning these things but in my head I was like why am I getting them you know I'm like why am I continuously being called up like I I'm not performing to my best ability I'm not like I just was like why what do these people see in me kind of thing and like same Mm -hmm. with college recruitment and stuff I'm like why am I getting this attention from like you know big schools and I don't know like I I struggled a lot with that of just believing in myself and like knowing that like i am putting in the work cuz i would train like crazy like i was training like 3 hours a day like i'd put so much effort into my trainings like i was running all the time like trying to keep my fitness up like getting touches i would be outside outside my house like in the streets like kicking the ball against <laughs> a curb like anything anything i could possibly do like even if i wasn't at a field like i just was like i just need to be touching the ball so like i i earned everything but i in my head, I was like, are you good enough? Like yeah. are do you have what it takes to compete with all these Telling people? And like, actually... Yeah,
1: yeah
0: definitely. That. Yeah. And I think that brings um, to light too, you know, how regardless of, you know, accolades or outside people, you know, believing in you or selecting you, like look on the outside, you were getting selected for Portugal national teams, you were getting recruited to schools, you had, you know, you were a very accomplished girl yet internally you, you didn't have that belief and confidence, but on the outside, everyone mm-hmm. would think, why wouldn't you be? But I think it shows again, these importance of believing in yourself and working on that self-confidence and that mindset to believe in yourself every time you're on the field and really how, you know, external factors, if you don't believe that yourself and internally and work on that every day, that internal confidence it doesn't matter what you achieve, you know? And I think 100%. that's something that is missed sometimes of the importance of, you know, you have to work on that and believe in yourself and have that confidence and work, work towards being confident every time you step out on the field, but it's also not easy, you know, but I think it's yeah. amazing to hear how you, you know, were persistent and kind of what the point Tony brought up of, you know, not being afraid to, lean on people around you and be vulnerable and I think something that we really want to emphasize and do to our clients is by you being vulnerable and admitting to where you need to grow mentally like that is that is you being an elite athlete and that is you like taking growing steps and equivalent to you Rita going out and kicking the ball against the curb and the wall doing that physical training that's you you mentally training is you know confronting where do I need to grow and how can I do so and I think that's Mm -hmm. so amazing that you did that and were able to overcome that and grow from that and I think it also lastly highlights how sometimes you know we can view the way we play or think that we're you know underperforming where also you know people on the outside you were still getting continually called up and you were getting recruited so I think it also highlights that know sometimes we can be harder on ourselves than the reality too so oh for sure
2: yeah we're our worst critics so and that just kind of attests to it but I completely agree with everything you just said like I really do think kind of as times are going on like we are realizing that like mental health is super important and if we don't confront it like you can only make it as far as your, as your mindset, you know, so it doesn't matter what you're doing physically. Like, yeah, I was out there every single day doing stuff, but that didn't matter if, if my mind was saying, no, like, you're not good yeah. enough. You can't do this. Like your mind will unlock so many things for you. If you just like put the time into taking care of that and nurturing it. And mm-hmm. I think with me, like I did struggle a lot with that aspect.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and so I think now. I, I took a good look at that and I was like, I, all these people are telling me I'm capable of doing all these things. I'm, I'm reaping the benefits, you know, externally, like all these things are coming my way, but I need to take this into my own hands and I need to confront my mental health and, you know, all these other factors. Like I need to do something about it because at the end of the day, I'm the only person that can change that everyone around me can do their best to try to help me see those things. But if I don't do it myself, like, I'm not going to accomplish it. So, you know, I had to go to therapy, I had to, you know, do that work within myself, I had to be patient, patience is such a big thing. Like, sometimes you sit there, and you're like, well, I'm doing all the steps, but like, why is nothing changing? Because it doesn't happen that quickly. But for me, it happened over years. And even in college, like, I still was working on this stuff in college. And you know you think like oh I need to be good to go before I get to college because that's when like it really matters and things are important I'm like yes it does but at the same time there's no timeline for these things you know and like yes I was already doing those steps in high school like later on in those years but it bled into college and I'm still working on that stuff so it's like there's it's not gonna just happen that fast but if you're willing to put in the effort it will happen eventually and you just have to be patient and just trust that like you are growing and you are more than capable of accomplishing these things as long as you like put your mind to it but yeah that was Absolutely. a big thing for me.
1: Can you kind of touch on because we, we talk about this with our clients as well is being consistent taking care of your mental health like you know for some people they get to a point where they're like you know what I think I'm fine I don't need mm-hmm. to, I'm not going to address what's going on. I'm, I'm fine right now. And then in a couple months down the road, they kind of hit that, that bottom point again. So can you kind of touch on for you, you know, how that process was? Um,
2: yeah. So for me, it like it comes and goes in waves.
1: Like yeah.
2: there are going to be times when you're like, yeah, I feel really good. I am in a good headspace. I'm, you know, performing well, all these things are going my way, like, and great. Like go with that like take those highs and run with it but when you do hit those lows because that is going to happen you know things are going to happen you're going to not make a team you're going to you might get cut from some you know team or whatever it is and you know you might lose or whatever situation you want to apply to what i'm saying but it's going to happen and you might be in a low point and in those moments, you have to face it head on because if you just sweep it under the rug and pretend like, oh, I was good a few days ago. I'm just going to keep pretending like I'm good. It's going to come back and, you know, haunt you a little bit. So I think the important thing to remember is like, you might, you will be getting better along like your journey, but you're also going to have low times too. And it's, Mm -hmm. that is more than okay. And that's so normal. And I think We look at that as like, oh, I'm failing again. But like, you're actually growing because if you were just good all the time and you were just going up and up and up and you never went down, like, how are you going to grow? You're Mm -hmm. you're not. You're just going to stay stagnant. And so, Mm -hmm. I think that is also a really important thing to remember is like, if you don't fail, how are you going to learn and how are you going to grow from that and become a better person, a better player, a better athlete?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. And I it took me a long time to like accept that like okay these failures are happening because like I I was in a good place but now I need to be in a great place and so it's it's getting me from that like you're really comfortable let's be uncomfortable let's grow let's move on let's let's Mm -hmm. evolve let's change and sometimes it's easy as an athlete to be like no I'm good like I'm comfortable yeah I'm in a great place I'm thriving I'm winning It's like, okay, but think of how much more you're capable of, if you just allow yourself to get there.
0: Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if you saw, but I was (laughs) so a snaps, but I think, you know, you kind of two things that I think are really highlighted in all of that, that you said, I think one that when you touched on it too, Tony, that confidence and you know your mindset in in and out of your sport is something that has to be worked on every single day. And mm-hmm. it is a skill that you continue to build and you know to be able to, you know, utilize them as you grow, you know, in every stage. And kind of like you touched on Rita, like failures, like those don't just stop once you feel like, oh well, I'm I feel confident now. So I'm just gonna, you know, stop working on my mindset and Once that failure hits again or adversity hits, then, you know, you it's natural to then feel, you know, down again and feel like you're back to square Mm -hmm. one. But I think two things. One, that's why it's so important to continue growing your mind and working on your confidence and your mind, your mindset skills to be able to have that confidence and grow as an athlete every single day and realize that, like, there's never an end point which is so exciting because there's just continual growth that can be had. But also I think it's so important to recognize, and we talk to clients about this is, you know, adversity and failure as you grow and evolve, like that, that's a sign of growth as well. And, you know, failing in, as you're growing, that doesn't mean that you're back to square one. That actually mm-hmm. means that you are growing and realizing that failures throughout your, your growth in your career, doesn't mean that you haven't grown and matured and, you know, changed and developed those mindset skills. And I think it's important to, you know, not label failure and adversity as, okay, I'm back to square one. And, um, yeah, it's just a time really to take a important. step forward. Absolutely. Yeah. And the growth mindset. So, so well said. And I feel like that's a perfect segue into, you know, if you could kind of take us through throughout your career you know I know you've kind of touched on it but you've definitely had some adversity in terms of like some knee injuries some other adversities throughout your career yet here you are you know about to embark on your fourth professional contract um, which is incredible and you know had a very successful collegiate career um, given the adversities you have faced so maybe if you could kind of take us through those and then how you were really able to overcome those specific adversities and then how you feel like that ultimately led you to grow and evolve in your confidence, your mindset, and then how that's kind of made you the player you are today.
2: Yeah. So I, growing up, I didn't get very many injuries. I just, you know, played and didn't really have care in the world. Um, And then my first significant injury that I had, I would say, was my um, freshman year of high school. We went to a uh, college showcase tournament in Las Vegas, and it was the last game before we were heading home, and I sprained my ankle really, really badly, blocking a shot, and um, instantly my ankle swelled up, like the size of a softball. I'm not even joking. It was scary um and in three weeks after that i was being called up for the under 16 national team that was my first call up ever so i was so excited um and then that happened and i was instantly terrified um so then flew home and just i went to physical therapy for like every day for three weeks straight i was like please just do what you can do your magic like get me playable i don't even need perfect i just need playable (laughs) and he was like yep okay we got you like you just come every day and we'll work on it we'll see what we can you know get done and i healed pretty quickly so thankfully that was a a good thing but anyways so we got to the point where i was playable and i went to portugal and played with my first um national team experience and that was pretty cool um but it definitely I, it was in the back of my mind the whole time. So I, and again, with my confidence, like it just wasn't a great mix. Um, but I ended up getting through it and it worked out. Um, and then my next injury that was a major one was, uh, in college, actually, it was right before sophomore year. And it was in the summer. I was playing with a WPSL team, a semi-professional team here in Portland, and uh I ended up tearing my ACL in one of the games and this was right before we got our new coach Chris and I had I just had to call and say that I was going to be out for the year and you know that's not like a great first impression to have on the time you get like a, a new coach um with your college team but it was a conversation I had to have um and it was okay. Like they're very understanding, obviously, like it's not in your control. It's injuries happen and it's not something to, you know, be embarrassed about. It's, it is what it is. You you get through it, but, um, yeah, so that one was difficult, but because I've never torn anything, like I'd never, That's a that tough injury. my first, it's, it's a very, it's a very tough time. injury. Yeah. Unfortunately, and so very common
0: for our sport
2: it is and I didn't realize how common common it was until it happened to me and then I started to you know do some more research on it and realize that like oh my goodness this happens so often and that was a little comforting to be honest like it's not a good thing obviously like it's not comforting in the sense that like okay yay like everyone's tearing their ACLs but like it was comforting to know that I wasn't alone or that this has happened to so many people before me um and so again, with the confidence, like I was like, you know i'm I'm in college, I have a new coach, he hasn't he's not gonna see me play until a whole year after he's here with my teammates and stuff, and I was just like, so in my head, um and then I was like, i just I want to make sure that like when I come back from this injury, like I'm a better person, I'm a better player, because truly, I think that this injury happened to me because." I needed the character growth. Like I needed. I truly think it happened to me for a good reason, and I know it sounds crazy because (laughs) I would always joke about it. Like in college, when it did happen, I was like, "I honestly am. I'm really thankful that this happened to me. Like I'm really. I I wish I could say thank you to this girl that did it because it was pure contact. Like she took me out from the side. Like it was. It was all her. (laughs) And so I'd always just be like, "I wish I could just like write her letter, just like thank her because." I'm so much better off now after that happened to me. And I grew so much throughout that process that I I wouldn't have had otherwise. Like if if that injury didn't happen to me, like I would not be the player that I am today. And I stand by that. Um, And so at first I was like super upset about it. I was just like, why did this happen to me? Why me? Why are all these things happening? And then the next day I woke up and I was like, that was that mindset was all wrong. Like I was just obviously in a very low place, um, a really dark place. And I was like, I need to get myself out of that because if I want to keep playing and I want to be successful and I want to, you know, accomplish all these goals and dreams that I have for myself, like that mindset is not going to get me anywhere. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself these next few days to feel bad for myself. And then I'm going to wake up, you know, day of surgery and we're gonna tackle this and we're gonna have a positive mindset and we're only going up from here I was like no negative thoughts like it happens address it move on like let's 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 go basically <laughs> um and so I, that's what I did and I every single day like I would I had this poster board and I had sticky notes and on those sticky notes I would write like goals that I had for my ACL. I was like, on this day, I'm going to start running or this day I'm going to, and obviously there's a whole structure to it. So it's not like I could just be like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start (laughs) cutting and playing soccer (laughs) again. But following those lines, I was like, okay, I'm going to, this is my goals. And I wrote them out and I put them on sticky notes and I stuck them to my board and I would read them to myself. And I like basically spoke it into existence. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would also write things like, Like positive quotes that I've heard that just really resonated with me. And I was like, this is good to read to myself every day to like trust in this process and to trust that like I will be better and I'm gonna, you know, change my attitude. I'm gonna change my character. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna work on all these things in order to be better. And then I would also write things that like, like mean things that people either wrote about me or said about me in the past and like kind of just something to like fuel me a bit to be like, you know, I'm gonna prove these people wrong. And not that that's, the most important thing but I kind of wanted to do it for myself like I wanted to prove them wrong for myself just to show that like I am capable of these things regardless of what anyone says Mm -hmm. regardless of what they think of me I can think highly of me and I know I can do these things so I, I wrote out all these things and I would put them on my board and I would read them every single day and that was so helpful like it was, it was really cool, and I still have that board. I'm never getting rid of it.
1: <laughs> I, think, I, I honestly think should. that's so awesome, and, like, I feel like, too, during that time, it's, like, you either sink or swim, like, you either, mm-hmm. like, get your mind where it needs to be, or you sink, you know? Uh, yeah, no,
2: those are literally your two options, and I was like, yeah. I refuse
1: to sink, so. And, and so, we actually have a client right now who just tore her ACL. She's a senior, um, you know, trying to get into the college recruiting process, so yeah, what kind of advice do you kind of have for her right now, who's about to go into her second ACL surgery? Um, well, first, I just hope she's
2: doing well, and um, yeah, I just, what I would say to her is there is no limits. Like mm-hmm. as long as you stay true to who you are, stay confident, just trust that if you're doing all the steps that you need to be doing um, and like for these processes to work, mm-hmm. just stay, stay true to that. Like it will work out. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it, it is really hard to get lost in, you know, injuries and, thinking that those define you and those are going to hold you back from all these experiences that you could have. Um, But I think as long as you um, really just immerse yourself into these experiences and just trust that, you know, if I'm doing this work, it will work out for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think she just needs to Relax, take a deep breath, and just do what she can. And everything else will work out how it's supposed to. That's
0: awesome. Absolutely. No, that is really great. And I feel like, you know, two things really stuck out for me from kind of that story and you telling us about your journey with your injuries and versus and overcoming it. And I think one, kind of from the start, when you were like, Okay, I was so sad, I was in bed, disappointed, and I woke up the next day like, okay, no, like I don't want this for myself and I'm in control. And I think That's Mm -hmm. so empowering and such an empowering part of mindset is, you know, we are in control and that's a positive and empowering component of growth in your ability to overcome adversity and your mindset, but also it's, it takes practice and it takes time. And I think sometimes it can feel hard, but we try and flip that script for our clients of, okay but you're in complete control and like that's empowering and yeah think of it in that way so one I think that was really amazing to hear that and really it just highlights you know you have that ability to control it but you have to make that effort to do that every day um and I think secondly too you know you saying you'd love to be able to thank that girl who you know induced this injury which one I mean you don't hear that much but I think one that shows that you're you know really did take the time to reflect and really see how much you've grown and how that really impacted you, which I think one highlights the importance of reflection of the past experiences and adversity that you go through and how that really made you who you are and made you grow. And that's been, again, yeah. in our mindset mentoring, we really want to emphasize with our clients and, you know, in reflection of the past, as well as, you know, looking forward and the importance mm-hmm. of that. And I think also with that, The fact that, you know, you really were persistent throughout the process to get there and stayed the course and then, you know, are able to reflect back now, I think shows that the dots always connect behind you. And in the moment, even when it's so hard to know, and you know, this instant, like this client and anyone that can relate to this of moments in adversity, you have to remember that you will see those dots connect behind you and you will see the reasons as to why these adversities happen mm-hmm. as time goes on and when you get through it and you that that's such a helpful thing to remember to to allow you to be persistent through that but it's hard in the moment but again like your story it shows that everything has a purpose and adversity has a purpose which provides growth and having that growth mindset and also allows you to then Have more of a growth mindset going forward. So
2: that's yeah, I think taking away anything from what you just said, like adversity has a purpose, like those three words are just so crucial and so important.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing. That's again an incredible story. And I know actually you're kind of just coming back from a small little hiccup right now in adversity. And maybe if you could just touch on, okay you know, you, this, this ACL injury, your sophomore year that you just experienced, which then led to, you know, an incredibly successful career, you know, big sky conference championships, all conference honors. Now you're playing professionally and then, you know, going through a little bit of a hiccup right now. And I guess how you feel like that past experience is allowing you to get through this and, you know, be confident in this adversity. And then also just how you're mindset has grown even throughout this adversity right now
2: yeah no I honestly think that last uh, ACL injury that I had has really uh, shaped how this experience is going so I, play, I was playing in Iceland a few months ago it was my last contract that I had and the second game in I got tackled really badly and part of my meniscus tour mm-hmm. so again people taking me out has led to a few not so fun injuries but again adversity has a purpose so I think this has definitely happened for a reason I think it's probably just another opportunity I need to take to grow and to keep evolving um, because I'm probably just not quite there yet with where I need to be Um, and so I've been at home rehabbing and going through that process and it's It's been tough, but at the same time, I think I have the tools to handle this because I got through an ACL, I can definitely get through this, you know, and like, just keeping that mindset of like, I'll be back soon, I am doing everything in my power that I can to get right and to get back to playing and to living my lifestyle um, I'm taking all the right steps so I just need to trust in that and it will fall into place I just need to have that mindset and continue doing what I'm doing um, and so yeah that's that's where I'm at with that I'm, I'm pretty close which is exciting but again every day I gotta be one percent better so
0: I love that.
2: but yeah that's what funny. was that second
0: part that you asked me um I feel like you honestly mostly touched on kind of everything, just sort of how that past experience, you know, has played into it and then just kind of how you're getting through it right now. And maybe like kind of, yeah, the main things that you feel like allowing you to just keep positive through this kind of adversity right now. Hmm. And I mean, it could be, you know, you developed your, the skill set to do so from past experience, you know, which it really shows. I mean, I was going to just mention like, the compounding effect that adversities and then growing through those adversities do have. And again, it's amazing Mm -hmm. to see once those adversities come throughout, you know, as time goes on and as growth occurs, they're that much easier to overcome. And if anything, you almost have this outlook of like, wow, I can't, I almost can't wait to see how I do grow from this and, you know, what the reason will be for this adversity. And to me, it sounds like that's where you're at, which again, that's from all these compounding experiences of adversity and you growing through that and then reflecting back and seeing, wow, this is how I grew. This is what I learned. You're able to directly apply those, you know, to a new adversity as your career has evolved, which I think is amazing. And again, goes back to just adversity as purpose, you know, which is amazing. I think,
1: I think too, it's like starting off, like you're kind of your first injury or big injury getting an ACL like one of your first injuries after that you're like I have an ankle injury okay like I have, I have yeah this, okay <laughs> yeah you know? so I think it just makes every single injury just that less significant um or you know uh easier to overcome so I think that's awesome yeah yeah yeah
2: definitely I would agree with that I think now I can I can get another injury like this one that I'm dealing with and I'm like eh that's fine I
0: got it. I'll make it through, which <laughs> I'm not is worried. amazing, but also <laughs> but <Emma. laughs> has, taken, <laughs> has taken to your credit though, you know, effort to continue to, you know, grow in your mindset and your confidence and your ability to overcome adversity through adversity. And also, again, I think that reflection component, and I think that's so important and something I know about you, Rita, and you've touched on is like, you're very reflective. And I think that is so important as general human beings and as athletes. Almost to a awesome fault sometimes. <laughs> I mean, hey, no, I don't think so. <gasps> it's not a but, bad thing, uh, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I think that's so important to, again, learn from those experiences. Um, so really cool. And, you know, kind of shifting gears, but along the same lines of, you know, kind of overcoming adversity, but also just, you know, an aspect kind of going to your recruiting journey. And this is something that, know tony and i relate to and also a lot of our clients do is um you know how you kind of grew up playing in somewhat of a smaller town and i know specifically you did not play ecnl which um for listeners who might not know that's it's called elite clubs national league basically a league that teams around the country are a part of and then you know a lot of college coaches basically the best way to get recruited or the most of the college coaches go to these showcases but they're in the bigger bigger cities bigger states so not as widely accessible to be able to play on these teams so you know both Tony and I didn't play on ECNL teams and we know you didn't either so we'd just love for you to kind of explain your recruiting journey having not played on an ECNL team but yet you know you've were playing for the Portuguese national team. You, you were recruited by division one schools. So sort of just like your journey and then just sort of some encouraging words for girls that, you know, aren't playing on ECNL teams of, you know, you can get the same opportunities, um, and any advice mm-hmm. you may have for them.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think, um, so yeah, I obviously didn't play ECNL and a lot of, so we had a team, uh, in Portland that was ECNL, um, And some of the girls from my team, when that first happened, um, because it it didn't always used to be the case. ECNL was kind of a newer thing for us growing up. But when that did happen, um, about half my team left to go play ECNL because those were players that also wanted to keep playing potentially in college and just wanted that exposure, wanted, you know, more experiences with that. Um, And I... remember thinking I was like I am so blessed with the team that I have and like the club that I'm at like the culture was just unreal like we were such a family and just everything was based around just loving who you are surrounded with like there was just so many special people within that club and I was like this is so uncommon. Like you don't see this very often. And I even from a young age, I was able, able to recognize that and to appreciate it. So that's how you know it's something special. Um, and I was like, no way, I can't leave this club. Like I'll find other we'll find other ways to get, you know, the same exposure that they're getting. But I just I couldn't leave. I didn't have it in me. I love my coach, I love my team. It was amazing. Um and so we ended up doing a lot of like college showcases, um, trying to attend similar tournaments that ECNL was also going to. And, you know, we we found ways like emailing a lot of college coaches, like just trying to stay on track with all of that, just doing everything in your power. Again, like I said, the, to get those experiences, to get the exposure. Um, so, yeah, that was honestly I didn't find much of a difference than talking to some of my other friends that were playing ECNL um, I felt like I had pretty equal opportunity for the most part so for me it wasn't really um, a hard decision to make because I thought at the end of the day like I I'm a talented player like as long as I'm emailing the right coaches and I'm trying to get myself out there and I'm attending these tournaments, like I will be seen, you know? And I think that's an important thing to remember, like as a player, um, ECNL or not is to just be confident with your ability. And if you have skill and if you're, you know, trying to grow every single day and you're doing all the right steps to be seen, like they'll find you like, and I think it's, that's a comforting thing to know is like college coaches are trained to find people who have the right mindset and who are willing to learn and grow and build upon the talent that they already have. So I think that's an important thing to remember too. It's like, you could be the best player out there. You know, you could be, I don't know, just crazy, crazy good. But if you don't have that right mindset of like, I still have more to offer and I still have more to improve on and to grow upon. How are they going to help you? You know? So that would kind of turn college coaches away as if you're like, no, I'm already the best I can possibly be. Cause then it's like, okay, well, what do we do with you now? So.
1: How did you get connected uh, to the university of Montana?
2: Well, it's a funny story because Montana wasn't even on my list of Mm -hmm. colleges that I was interested in at first. I was, you know growing up in Oregon and being originally from a country that's very sunny and warm 90% of the year i was like i want to be somewhere warm again like my blood needs it <laughs> i just i grew up in rain and i was like i need to get out of here i need to go to like really? california <laughs> yeah so california was like my my state i was like i want to go to school somewhere there i, I don't know where but i want to be in that state <laughs> and then so I was emailing like all the California schools and, you know, trying to talk to all those coaches. I did a few ID camps at some, some schools down there, but, um, I kept getting these like handwritten letters from Mark, our coach at the time, uh, at Montana and, I was just like, I just remember thinking, because they would call me into the office at high school and they'd be like, you have a letter. And I was like, what a letter? <laughs> and it would be from him. And he was just like writing all these really nice things about me and was just wanting me to take a visit to the school and just to chat with him some more. And at first I was just like discarding. I was like, I don't want to go to school in Montana. Absolutely not. No offense, Alexa. I, I huh? love the state now, but at the
0: time- Trust me, I, no, I, I get it. Like, Especially oh. if you were, you were thinking, I want sunshine. I mean, yeah. we get sun in the summers, but- <laughs> A the winter's different story. Yeah. It's oh, cold. so different.
2: Yeah, so so different. But anyways, so I completely dismissed it. And then my mom, thankful for her, she was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Like, I really think you need to keep your options open. I know you're you're have you have your mindset on you want to go to California, but I really think you should just like keep it in the back of your mind, like keep talking to them. You never know. Like it's good to have options because um, what if none of those work out then what you put all of your eggs in that basket
1: yeah and we tell our clients that all the time
2: yeah like and and I think that's so important it's like in that moment you might just instantly disregard it but that could be a really big opportunity and that like changed the course of my life like that's where yeah. I ended up going to school and having a really really great experience but I would have never done that if it wasn't for my mom opening my mind a little bit to be like okay just keep talking to them. Like, who knows? Like people grow on you, teams grow on you, like places grow on you. And like, you wouldn't know if you're just so quick to dismiss it and you're so stuck in your ways. (laughs) So yeah, it's really important to have options and to just make sure that you see things through all the way, because that definitely changed the course of how things went in my life. So I think that's,
1: I think that's a great point because sometimes you don't know where you want to go. Like you think, Mm -hmm. and you still could want X, Y, Z, But when you go to a program where the culture is good, you like the coach, you like the conference, like that makes a huge difference. It's also like where you feel valued and where you feel welcome and comfortable. Um, Because sometimes the client's like, you know what, I don't really see myself going to the East Coast, which is completely valid not everyone Mm -hmm. wants to move across the country and all that stuff but sometimes it can take a couple conversations with a coach a visit to be like you know what this feels like home to me like this this feels really good to be here yeah and that's how I felt with Montana like
2: continue talking I listened to my mom and I ended up going on a visit and the second I stepped foot on that campus I was like I want to go here like uh, instantly, I, I just, I knew it was just like a feeling that I had inside me. Like, I couldn't really explain it. And I just remember um, having such a great visit. And I was like, the people here are just lovely. Like the school's beautiful. Like the team, like they're successful. They're, they seem like, you know, things are working out. And I don't know, it's just like, I got yeah. such a good feel for like how I envisioned myself being here and it, it felt good. So I was like, I, this is definitely where I want to be. And then I just remember being at the airport because I went on this visit by myself. I just I flew out and I was like, let's just see because it was just an unofficial visit. I was like, let's just, you know, see what they have to offer. And I remember going back to the airport, calling my mom, crying, bawling. And I was like, I know, like I said, I didn't want to go here, but like this is where I want to be. And I was like, I have all these other I had a few other offers that were really really good offers and my mom was like but are you sure and I was like mom I'm positive because this one wasn't as good as my other ones and you know eventually you can accumulate more of a scholarship as you go like that happens but uh, which ended up being the case for me but at first this offer wasn't as good as my other ones and I was like I was like, I don't care about the money. I don't care about the scholarships. Like I want to be here. Yeah. And so that was it. That was a really crazy moment. And like, I, even with my mom being like, are you sure? I was still like, I'm positive. So yeah, that was kind of a, cool. a crazy moment for me. It was just like, and I knew I made the right decision. I mean, look at how things went. Like I had a great four years. Like I was so happy there. Um, yeah. You know, things don't always go your way, but I still, in those moments, I was still like, no, I don't want to really be anywhere else. Like, this is where I want to be. So I knew I made the right decision, but it's just crazy
0: that it took all of that (laughs) to get to that point. I mean, so cool too that, I mean, one, like you said, initially that was a school that you basically ruled out and then, you know, through your mom kind of encouraging you and then going and being like having such that gut feel. I think like you said, Tony, it shows like so important to have an open mind in the process while also- You know, trusting that everyone's journey and your individual recruiting journey to find the school for you is completely unique to you. And I think it's so easy in the recruiting process to kind of compare, like, okay, half your team went to an ECNL team, but you know, you really wanted to stay in your team for you know the amazing people and the culture, and so you did that, you know. And like then in your journey, you trusted your gut, even if okay on the outside or on paper, you know, you had more scholarship money at other schools but you're like this is where I want to be like for more reasons than just soccer and also mm-hmm. something that's so important in the recruiting process is you know considering where do I want to also live and experience and the people I want to be around because the end of the day you're only on the soccer field for a few hours of the day and yeah. you want to be around people you enjoy being with you want to be in an environment that you want to live and for four years of your life you know yeah um so I think those are really amazing things that you know kind of your story shows and I think also going somewhere that you're really wanted and I know that was huge for me as well where you know our coach at the time Mark, he really believed in me and made that clear that he believes in me and believed mm-hmm. believed that I could achieve great things in my career there and that is so important and I think something that we really try and emphasize to clients is, Go somewhere where a coach believes in you,
1: where you feel valued, mm-hmm. where you feel
0: valued, because that will just pay off so much and really provide you so much more from an experiential standpoint and just your enjoyment, but also your career success rather than, okay, yeah. even if it's a little bit bigger of a school or, you know, this or that, but you you know the coach hasn't really shown as much belief in you that's something really to consider um and to me saying it sounds like a big reason as to why you chose um and hence had an amazing career because i think to you know go, having a confident start to your career also is really can only be beneficial for the rest of it so awesome yeah story. for sure Um, definitely glad it worked out how it did too because here we are now, and that's (laughs) I know because of that. So, crazy (laughs) how life works, huh? It is. Well, to kind of cap off this amazing podcast, which Rita, thank you again so much for being on. This has been incredibly valuable, and I can't wait to share it and to have everyone be able to listen to all the amazing, you know, input you've given and advice along with, you know, your story. Um, as we, uh, prefaced in our first podcast episode, mm-hmm. we will end every episode asking our guests, how do you find your edge? And that's kind of prefaced as a general question, but you choose how you want to answer, whether that's personally for you or how you feel like in general, in life and sport, how you find your unique edge to reach your goals.
2: Yeah, I, I would say mine is learning how to be uncomfortable or learning how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think, like, once I learned how to do that, my entire perspective on life just completely changed, like as an athlete, of course, but like, more importantly, as a human being, right, like, I think there's so much beauty in discomfort, because you have no choice but to learn and to grow from those experiences. And I really just truly believe that everything that I have been through in life is because I was uncomfortable. And because I wanted to take a step forward and I wanted to be better. Like I just, I wanted to evolve and I wanted to change the direction of my life. Cause for the longest time I was just comfortable with where I was at. And there was just moments where I was like, I'm, I'm tired of staying in this spot. Like I want to grow mentally and just as an athlete So I really think it's important to let yourself thrive in those uncomfortable moments, like just sit with them and just say, okay, it's time to take a step forward. It's time to evolve. It's time to be better for myself and for people around me.
0: That's awesome. Well said. Absolutely. Love that so much. And again, Rita, thank you so much for being on. We so appreciate you. That was incredible. Listen to
1: this. Yes. (laughs)
2: Thank Um, you guys for having me. It was truly amazing.